Stand together and lift our hands unto the Lord and praise him together. Amen. Offer ourselves to him again. God, I want you to take my life. Take what I am, oh God, and make something you can use. Help me to surrender my will to your will today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come to the realization just through living and through the word of God that our whole life is spent being worked on. Yes. And the Bible talks about going on to perfection and I don't, I don't know anybody that's made it unless they're done with their race and they've made it to heaven. And uh, just when you think God's finished with you, he, he does things and begins to reshape because maybe the purpose is different. Maybe he sees 
some things in us that need just a little bit more work. And uh, I just want him to keep working on me. I don't feel complete. I don't feel complete. I don't feel like his apostle. Paul's, I count not myself to have apprehended. Don't feel like I've figured it all out. And so I want the Lord to keep working on me. Amen. I'm going to be reading from the 15th chapter of the book of Luke from very, 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 very familiar passage of Scripture. And I, along with Pastor Riggin, want to welcome the guests that are here. And uh, I always feel that when a person chooses to visit our church, that it's an honor because there are options. I don't feel like any of the other options are as good, but there are other options. I felt like they made a good choice for a change, but we're glad you're here. And if this is your first time, you need to come back and hear Pastor Riggin preach and teach. And uh, I want to commend him and this church for the sacrifice you're making for the work he's doing in Africa. And uh, it, I know that it cannot be done without great sacrifice. And uh, I honor him for that. And uh, as, as a pastor, uh, sometimes your heart is torn because of the work that God has called you to do and because of doors that God has opened that you must walk through. And uh, it's important for a church to realize we need to be kingdom-minded. We want God to do something here, but I found when we do something for God somewhere else, he does good things for us here. Amen. So we know God's watching, God's hand on your pastor and all that he does. And uh, we believe God's going to bless the work of his hands. Amen. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. He said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will send him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. God, we are so grateful for your presence that we have felt in this place today. So thankful for each person that you've brought according to your purpose and will into this service this morning. And God, we know that you knew who would be here before time and God you have a purpose for them being here, and I'm praying that it is to reach their soul with this great gospel salvation. God, I'm asking you to help me today to be obedient to your voice and sensitive to your spirit, but I pray also that 
Your anointing would rest upon everybody in this place to hear, not just the word spoken, but to hear what the Spirit would say to us this morning. And God, I want your will to be done today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, I want to apologize for, for preaching from a very common passage of Scripture. But uh, it's what I feel this morning. And I just want to uh, talk to us today from the declaration that this young man who we call the prodigal made. And he started the right journey with three words. I will arise. I will arise. Amen. In this parable that, uh, or series, I guess, of parables we could say, but there's a continuity of, uh, of thought or uh, of subject matter. Uh, God or Jesus addresses uh, three different situations or conditions. And first he talks to us about uh, a lost sheep. And then he speaks to us about the lost coin. And in this story commonly referred to as the, the prodigal son, I like to think of him as the journeying son. He went out away from where he belonged. And in Jesus' teaching, he told us that the man who had lost the sheep, he went out after that lost sheep and he searched for it until he found it. And then the woman that had lost uh, the piece of silver, the Bible tells us that she uh, lit a candle and she swept the house and she taught, uh, sought diligently she, until she, she found it. When she found that coin, she did as a man who found a sheep. He, she came and called all her friends, neighbors together and and said, we need to rejoice. And I'm asking you to rejoice with me because I've, I've found this, this coin that was lost. The other man, he found that sheep that was lost. But here in the story of, I'll just call him the prodigal since that's what we're used to. This, this younger son, he decided that he would leave the father's house. And we find that there is absolutely no effort made to go after him to track him down and to find him or to try to convince him to uh, return home. And I, I think there are a lot of different reasons. One of them is because he made a conscious decision. He had weighed some things out and he had determined in his heart that he wasn't uh, happy living in the conditions that he uh, was in. And as a lot of uh, young people feel, he felt like he was a whole lot smarter than his father was and that he could do a whole lot better uh, with his inheritance than what his father was doing with it. And so he made a, a conscious decision to leave the father's house. And as, uh, as heartbreaking, I'm sure, as it was for the father, uh, he, he couldn't do anything about it. He knew the best thing to do is he's going to have to learn the hard way. He's been around here long enough. He's seen uh, the, my hand prosper. He's seen what uh, I've done and how God has helped me. And, and, uh, but he's not convinced. And so he's going to have to learn it the hard way. And so I'm sure his heart breaking as it was. And while it is not recorded in the scripture, I, 
I believe that he stood on the porch and watched that son walk away. But it's interesting to see that the term lost is never applied to this son until he returned back to the father's house. And I believe the father only used it to indicate to the son what condition he had sunk into. You aren't just a traveling son. You didn't just take a trip. But for a time in your life, you were lost. And even he went further than that and said, you were dead for a while. My son who's lost, he's found. Well, how'd he get found? He came back home. My son that was dead, he's alive again. Why is he alive again? Because he's back in my presence. He said, to me, he was lost. To me, he was dead. In his mind, in his mind, he was doing things the way he wanted to do. But on his return, I want him to understand he had fallen into a very sad condition. Amen. He'd lost his way. Amen. He was as much or as good as dead as far as I am concerned. He said, my son who was dead is alive again. My son, he was lost, but he's found. The Bible says, and they began to be merry. He was expressing to them how much it meant to him that this son had returned home. And so there was rejoicing in the father's house. And so I want to take a little time this morning. And, and as I said, tonight, it's easy to check out when we've heard something taught or preached so many times. But I believe there's a lot that we can learn from the story of the prodigal son this morning. Amen. And as you read the story, we, we recognize this man. He only had two sons and this was the younger of the son. And so in the dividing of the inheritance, Amen. The older son would get a double portion. And he was, uh, because he would carry on the leadership of the family, amen, that younger son was not getting as big a portion as the elder son. But he, he determined in his mind to, to give to me, amen, the portions of my goods. There is no indication of the scripture of how all this worked out. And uh, his portion of goods would have included probably servants, it would have included livestock. Uh, it probably should have included some property and, uh, and possibly some, some cash or some money. And so either at this juncture in his life, uh, he, he sold out. Well, he sold inheritance out. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't see him herding uh, sheep down the road. We know he didn't spend his time taking care of flocks and herds, but he spent it in riotous living. And so I, I've come to the conclusion that he sold out. Yes. He took what was his and that could have made him more wealthy. Things that he could have used to prosper himself. And he sold it all out. Yes. Amen. Because he had a desire to taste of some things. Amen. That the father's house he couldn't partake of. He had a desire to get involved in some things. And at the father's house it would never be allowed. And so it's my opinion that he just sold out. I'm going to sell my flocks. I'm going to sell my herds. I'm not interested in tending sheep. I'm not interested in taking care of a bunch of old smelly goats. And I'm not interested in mowing the grass on my property here. I just want to go have a good time. I'm telling you, people give up so much when they walk away from God. They lose everything that could enrich their life and help them. Amen. Down the road, they, they sell out. 
to sin. They sell out to this world. They give up things that God could use to bless them and to prosper them. And then for some strange reason, they can't figure out why they begin to lose. Well, and things begin to waste away in their life. And, and so the Bible tells us that he gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country. And it says there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Everything he had, he wasted. He squandered it away. Living the life, amen, that he thought would make him happy. And the Bible says that when he'd spent all, when all the party was over, amen, there came a famine in that land. And he began to be in want. He was without. Didn't have any of the benefits. He didn't have the support of, of family. And I, I was kind of torn this morning and uh, maybe go different this morning. But, uh, you know, there's some benefits of staying home. People get a wandering spirit in their heart and wandering ideas in their heart and think I'm being tethered down here and I, I'm being restricted here, but uh, there's a whole lot of benefits to staying home, amen, that people don't understand. Sometimes people go away from God and when they come back to the church, amen, they're stripped of everything, amen, their life is such a wreck and they look around at the folks that didn't leave, that stayed in the house of God, amen, their families are doing well, amen, they've prospered, amen, spiritually and naturally and somehow they have a hard time understanding that didn't happen for me because I didn't realize what God was doing for me while I was living for him. Amen. I want to tell you, there's a lot of benefits of just staying home. Well, you don't need to get a wandering spirit in your mind. Amen. You don't do any, need to do a thing that the Father wouldn't give his blessings to. Well, amen. I, well, I just felt that this morning. Amen. When, when you think about that son that stayed home, and I'm trying not to get sidetracked, but that son that stayed home, everything left belonged to him. Everything left. As the, the sheep reproduced and the, uh, the camels and the oxen and whatnot, as they reproduced and there's more, all that was his. The better the father's house did, the better off he was going to be. Amen. When, you know, when there's a trouble, when the, the younger son, the father told him, hey, everything's yours. Amen. The, the, the fences are staying mended and, and the house is staying painted and, and all the, the, the sheep are being tended to. Why, what do you worry about? He spent everything he's got. He doesn't have anything left. But all that I have belongs to you. I want to tell you, it's a whole lot better just staying home. Amen. There's a lot to lose when you walk out the door, but there's a whole lot to be gained when you just stay put and say, God, when it's your time, amen, you'll tell the Father, it's time to give them their inheritance and let them go on about their work. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that was just a little extra there. Amen. Stay put. Stay put till the Father says. Don't tell the Father when it's time to go. You let the Father tell you when it's time to go. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Well, anyhow, let me try and get back. And so he, he joined himself to a citizen of that country, the Bible says. And he sent him out to do the worst job. Feeding the swine. Lowest position that he could have on the, the totem pole of life. 
And the Bible says that he was in such a bad condition that he wished that he could eat what he was feeding the hogs. If you've ever been around hogs or raised hogs, you can give a hog anything. You don't worry about it. Let's make sure that hog's got a T-bone. A hog will eat anything. They got just the trash, just the leftovers. And so this son was in such a bad condition, he looked at the, the leftovers, the husk. Said, I just wish I could, I could satisfy my hunger with this. And the Bible said, no man gave unto him. Nobody was interested in helping him. All the people he partied with. Amen. All the people he spent his money with. Amen. Nobody was interested in him. Amen. When he was at the bottom. I want to tell you, the world doesn't really care about anybody. They only care about themselves. and only care about what you can do for them. Amen. It's when you're in trouble that you realize, you know what? It ain't out here. It's back at the Father's house. I, I've seen too many people walk away from God. And then they realize, you know what? Amen. These people aren't helping me. I really believe that the hardest thing for this young man to do is to go home. Because that's a very humbling experience. But the Bible says in, in those words, when he came to himself, it literally meant that uh, they said it was expressive of a person that was deranged or had lost their mind. And they recover their mind and they realize, you know what? I did some crazy stuff. I really made some bad decisions. I, I've lost it all. And so this phrase expresses what a folly it was for this, this young man to go out and take what the father had worked so hard, amen, to pass down to him and spend it all on riotous living. It is as though the Bible says he was deranged. He, he was out of his mind and he lived his life as somebody that had no logic and had no reason how descriptive of what it is. It takes hold of people, amen, that they walk away from God and think there's something better out there in the world. I, I know the Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. Amen. We've turned everyone into his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his own. We, we know that all sin and come short of the glory of God, but thank God. Amen. God brought us out of sin one day. But what a tragedy it is for people that God brought so far out of sin that one day they think, Amen. You know what? It's just too strict around the Father's house. Amen. I, I'm being held back by the Father's house. Amen. You know, the opposite is true. I've had people that have come into our church. They didn't have anything. They were drug addicts. Their life was wasted. Amen. Today, amen, God's blessed them. They, they've got educations. They've got businesses. And they're doing well. And, and God's doing good things for them. It'd be crazy to think, hey, I'm being restricted here. Yeah. Amen. I always tell them, some of you folks... Amen. You get all chinchy about paying your tithes. I said, when you're in the world, you didn't fuss with the crack dealer. You didn't complain about the high, high price of weed. You just did it. You, you were possessed. You were addicted. Amen. Now God's done so much for doing better than you ever do, have ever done. And then you want to worry about what God wants from you. 
Amen. You're, you're deranged. You're losing your mind. But he came to himself. He thought, I'm an idiot. As I would say if I was at home. He said, my father's servants have bread enough and despair. They're eating good. And I'm, par- this is crazy. I am perishing with hunger. I went to help a backsider. I think I mentioned you a number of years ago and got, went to where he was living in an apartment. And I told him I'll be there in a few minutes. And when I got there, I called him. And, and uh, from the fourth floor of this apartment building, he brings a riding lawnmower down the elevator. <laughs> Push it out to my truck. He said, I stole this. I need to get rid of it. So I need to get right with God. And so we loaded up my truck and I drove to the police station. And I said, I want to turn in a stolen lawnmower. So they said, well, what's the deal? And I told them, they said, well, can you give us his name? I said, no. I said, it's your business to catch him. It's my business to help him get saved. You're not helping me, so I'm not helping you. Take the lawnmower and I'm going to go back and try to help him. He had to recognize though, where my life is sinking to. You got to realize I'm in a lower place. I'm not doing better than I was. You got to come to yourself and say, this world isn't doing me any good. I've lost so much that God had given me. Then you realize I need to go home. I need to make my way back to the Father's house. Nobody will make it back to God until they get honest with themselves and say, I have messed up. I am not doing better. And I don't care if you leave God and become a millionaire, you're still not doing better because you're still lost. But the words, he said, I will arise. I have sunken to the bottom of life sunken to the bottom of life. A number of years ago, a young man I grew up with backslid, whole family backslid. He called me, said, would you go visit my mother? I said, sure. He said, she's in the South Florida Mental Institute. It's a big complex down there in Broward County. And so I said, sure. And I, I went to meet her and they, if you've ever been to one of those places, it's not really a lot of fun. They put us at a, a table in the middle of a room of a bunch of uh, Crazy folks. I don't know how to say that any nicer, but it's a mental institute. And there are people doing all kind of uh, weird stuff around us. Looking at me, you know, and, and I thought, I hope I can get out of here, man. I got a little nervous. I thought, they might think I'm crazy too. And I began to talk to her, and she said, you know why I'm here? I said, no, I don't. Ronnie didn't tell me. She said, yeah, you do. You know why I'm here. I said, I, no, Ronnie, just ask me this. She said, you know I'm, I'm here because I left God. She said, it doesn't get any lower than this, but I'm at this place because I left God. Amen, she'd lost it all. She'd lost her mind. Amen, because she thought, amen, I can do better without God. I want to tell you, there's no way you can do better without God. At some point, amen, you're going to come to a place where you either let this world destroy you or you say, I've got to get up out of this mess I'm in and make my way back to God. And so he made a declaration. 
that saved his life. I will arise. I'm not going to lay here and wallow in this anymore. I don't have to live like this anymore. I don't have to stay in this condition. At my father's house. They're backside. Sometimes they, they, they act like doing so good, but church time. They're at home or somewhere thinking about, man, I wonder what's going on at church right now. Amen. Some they've crashed off a high or they're, amen, they're sitting there at the hangover. They realize I should be at church this morning, but here I am, my life a wreck. You better realize why you've got an opportunity. I need to get up out of the condition I am, man, and make my way back to the Father's house. Amen. He's the only one that can help me today. said, I will arise, which was actually a common phrase used by the Hebrews. And it, it spoke of them entering in on a piece of business. It was an expression that I, I'm going I'm to do this right away. I've had enough of this. And the only way out of his dilemma, the Bible tells us, nobody cared about him. The only way out of his condition was to go back home. To go back home. I'll tell you, it's the hardest thing for a backslider to do to walk back in the doors of the church. That backslider, I grew up with him, not even out of our church, but been backslid for a number of years. He, and he came and helped me. I mentioned he helped me build my first, remodel my first building. And then after Hurricane Andrew, but after he'd helped me remodel that first building, not even in church, but I was a construction worker with my father and uh, came, came to church one night. And uh, we were having a, a good move of the Holy Ghost. And he, he came in and sat down on a pew and, and just put his face in his hands and he started weeping. And I, I went back and began to pray for him. And, and uh, Holy Ghost moved on him and God refilled him with the Holy Ghost. And he's not in, in Miami, but he's still living for God today. Amen. But he told me later, he said, I came here and I sat in the parking lot for a long time. He said, then I walked and I held, my hand was on the door and I, it was just so hard to pull that door open. You know why? Because the devil gets a hold on you and he starts talking to you and say, hey, they don't want you there. They don't care about you. Oh, it's not going to work out like you think. And so that discouragement, that oppression that was upon him and finally when he walked in that door, he found what his heart was hungering for. Not only the presence of God, that people said, welcome home. We're glad you're here. Amen. Too many people want to try to work their things out and get, oh, I've got to fix that and i got to fix that. And I tell them, you can't do it. You can't straighten your life out. you just got to come home to the Father's house. The remedy for your condition can only be found at the Father's house. You're not going to work your way through it. It's, 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 it's a hurtful thing dealing with backsliders. I've looked in the eye and said, it ain't going to work that way. But this son said, you know what? I'm not going to try and get to the place where I can have nicer clothes. I'm not going to try to, you know, get where when I go home, I look a little presentable so I can save some face or maintain some dignity. But this, this boy that left full of pride came home completely humble. I just can't live like this anymore. Amen. I want to tell you, you're never going to get it all together. 
You're never going to get your place so you can walk back to church and everybody, oh man, you, you look good. Oh yeah, everything's fine. But I, yeah. Those people never get back in church. But it's people that realize, you know what, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired of being in the condition I am. I'm tired of being empty. I'm tired of the filth of this world. I'm tired of being old. You know, they think the Father's house so bad, but when you get out there, the Bible says you're a servant of God or you're a servant of sin. Somebody owns you and you find out sin is a horrible taskmaster. Amen. Somewhere you got to get sick of sin ruling your life. Amen. You got to get tired of things demanding of you and you have no power to say, no, I'm not doing that. Amen. The young man said, I'll no longer leave my life in the hands of a stranger. I trust, I join myself to a citizen of that far country. And all this time, there's, there's a father that cares about me. Once he decided to get up out of his condition, there are some steps that he had to make. He said, I'm going to rise and I'm going to go to my father's house. I'm going to go home. But when I get there, I'm going to tell him, I'm the problem. Dad, you weren't the problem. Amen, the house wasn't the problem. I'm the one I've sinned against you and against heaven. Which was a term of, 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 of going exceedingly beyond description. I can't even tell you how bad I messed up. I've sinned against heaven. Hebrews were saying, I've gone to such a far place. I've been so bad, there's no way I can really tell you. It's beyond description. So he had to first confess to himself. When he came to himself, he said, here's the problem right here. It wasn't dad's rules. Something wasn't right in here. I'm the one that has the problem. He said this, I'm, I'm not worthy to be your son anymore. But if you would, just, just let me be as one of your hired servants. Just, just let me come back home. I want to tell you, when somebody really wants to be in the Father's house, they don't make conditions of return. They say, whatever you can do for me, I'm willing. Amen. I don't have to be your, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to be your son anymore. I just want to be, amen, under, amen, the covering of the Father's house again. Just let me be like one of your hired servants. There's nothing in this world that can fill the emptiness that exists in a person's life when they leave God. Well, the ladies of our church in banking, the backslide's working for her. And she was telling her about this young boy she's took into her home in the process of trying to adopt now. And tell him how he's praying. He's going to church and praying. Six years old, come from uh, messed up life. Drug addict parents, criminals. And uh, she's telling him, praying. That girl, tears begin to flow down her face. Said, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for the church. She said, you need to come back to church. 
backsliders know. I'd be worse than I am right now if it wasn't for the church. Don't ever think you're going to do better out there. Don't ever let the devil convince you that there's a bunch of hard-hearted people at the church that are going to scoff at you and put you down. I don't care. That's what backsiders deal with. I've sat and talked to them. They tell me, what are people going to say? I said, they better say, it's so good to see you. Welcome home. Amen. If they don't, I'll take care of them. We want you home. We want you back at the Father's house. You hear me? God is saying, this is your day. Why don't you get up out of the mess that you're in? Amen. There's a welcoming party waiting on you. There's an altar of repentance. Amen. There's a redeeming blood of Calvary day to help you. Amen. There's a Holy Ghost experience. Amen. To lift you out of the mire of sin and set you back where you belong. Amen. God's calling to somebody today. It's time to get up out of your condition and come home. Just the other week or so, God was preaching from this past, so a different thing, but it talked about the Father. It said when he was yet a long way off, it said it expressed love the Father that in his tattered and beaten condition, he still recognized him. And the Bible says he didn't stand on a porch with his arms crossed. But it's about time you came home. But the Bible says the father ran out to him and he fell on his neck and he began to kiss him. You don't understand the welcome that God's got, got waiting on you today. Amen. You may still be a long way from him, but he's running out to meet you saying, hey, welcome home. Welcome home. Come on to the house. Let's stand together. Somebody hear me today. Amen. God wants you to know how much he loves you. Amen. You may still be a long way away from where you need to be, but he's running out to meet you and saying, if you'll just let me, I'll bring you back home right now. Amen. We're going to put the robe back on you. We're going to put the ring on your finger. Amen. We're going to kill the fatted calf. Amen. We're happy you're home. Oh, I'm asking this church to pray and feel the burden this morning. Oh, somebody here needs to come home. Somebody here needs to get up and say, I'm not staying in this condition any longer. Somebody needs to bury pride and humble themselves. Be honest, it ain't working out. It's not like I thought it would be. Just let me come home. Oh, God, just let me come home. Oh, pray, pray, church, pray, church. There's a battle. 
a battle for a soul this morning. Oh, there's a devil that's trying to tell them, no, it ain't going to be like he's telling you. I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. Amen. God's run out to meet you today. Would you come this morning? Would you rise out of your fallen condition? Make your way to an altar of prayer this morning. Would you come back and tell God, beyond God, I failed you. I know I'm not worthy, but I know how you are. You're not going to turn me away. Oh, let's pray, let's pray. God, I rebuke every spirit that will resist the Holy Ghost this morning. God, anything that would fight against your drawing presence this morning. Oh, God, break the yoke of bondage this morning. Come on, why don't you make the first step? Amen. If you'll make that first step, amen, he's going to run out to where you are. You're going to, I want to tell you something, you'll feel God as soon as you step out in that aisle this morning. If you'll just step out in that aisle, it, it won't, you won't have to wait till you get to the altar. And God's going to meet you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, come on, let's let's pray, let's pray. Oh, God, reach right now. I know you're drawing, God. Help, help people to shake off even the pride. Help them to not resist you today, oh God. Lord, they may be a long way off. You're reaching for them today. You promise them today. I'll meet you. Come on, why don't we all come find a place to pray today? Let's everybody talk to the Lord together, can we? Come on, let's gather in. Let's, let's find a place. We invite our guests to come and join us. Let's just talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Father a little bit today. Come on, he's waiting on us to come home. He's waiting. He's waiting. Let's, let's gather in. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him right now, can we? Everybody, let's talk to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 
God. I need you today, my God. I present myself to you anew and afresh today. Surrender myself to you again, oh God. Hallelujah. Sinner, come home. 
Just like the Bible said 